Jesus said in, in Matthew, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they, what does it say? For they will be filled. They will be filled. And you know, over the last month we've been, some of us have been fasting and others we've been praying and having devoted nights, seeking God, being hungry for God. And you know, when, when we hunger after God, who knows that God responds. The Bible says that if we seek him, we will find him. And as we have, God has been speaking to us, God has been encouraging us, and God has been filling us. God has been giving us new encouragement and strength. And the thing is, my thought, and for today I want to share with you, what do we do once we have encountered God? Once we have a relationship with God, once we have been filled with His Spirit and filled with His strength and filled with His love and His grace, what do we do then? Because I, I strongly believe that having a personal relationship with God should never remain personal. When, we are, when God fills us and God speaks to us and God consumes our life, do you know what? It has to affect the world around us. Now, I'm not going to talk to you about becoming Bible bashers or anything like that, but I am going to talk to you about living your life for God. I'm going to talk to you about allowing your life to affect those around you. Because when God, when we encounter God, it has to change the world that we live in, our community that we live in. It has to change the way things are. And I want to share with you a prime example of this, and it comes from Jesus' life in Luke 3. You see, as a church, we talk about the fact that we want to live like Jesus lived. And so I want to share with you how Jesus lived his life and how it can be an example for us to follow. Now, in Luke 3, I've got the scripture up on the screen for you, I think, if it works. There we go. There's my clicker. In Luke 3, 21 and 22, it says these words, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. While he prayed, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven and said, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. So this is Luke 3. This is at this, Jesus is around 30-odd years of age, and he goes to John the Baptist, and when you know the story, John the Baptist says, I'm not worthy to baptize you, and Jesus says, you must. And so he baptizes him, and as he's baptized, the heavens open, a dove comes down, the Holy Spirit, and God's the Father says, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Then it goes on to say these interesting words in the next chapter, Luke 4. It says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. After this part, it talks about the temptations of Christ, when the, the Satan came to him and tempted him in three ways. But I want to focus on his baptism experience. After that, it talks of him being filled with the Spirit. Now, that that's uh, can be a fairly contentious topic in this day and age in churches. 
And um, people have a lot of different ideas of being filled with the Spirit. And uh, they say certain things should happen when you're filled with the Spirit. You know, there's churches that say you must speak in tongues when you're filled with the Spirit or you must do this or you must be that, do that. But what I'm going to say to you is being filled with the Spirit is when you have an encounter with God like Jesus did at his baptism and God's Spirit consumes you, that you become consumed with God's Spirit. And the thing that happens is something changes in you when that happens. So you, you may have a, manifest, a powerful manifestation like something like um, speaking in tongues or you may, there may be you know, gifts that flow at that time and that's part of that. It's not, it doesn't always happen. But the one thing that does happen that I've discovered when I read my Bible is that when, you are, when God encounters you and when you encounter God and you are consumed with God, it changes you, and it does, the one thing it does is it brings a boldness and a confidence and what we call an anointing to do what God has called you to do. In, in Isaiah, and Jesus says these words in Luke 4 as well, he, it says, he declares, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, and he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. The Spirit of the Lord is upon him. And he has anointed him. So when we are filled with the Spirit, we are anointed to do what God has called us to do. Does that make sense? I don't want you to get caught up in, does this happen and does that happen? What it basically means is you are anointed to do. God's enabling comes to enable you to do what God has called you to do. I've seen shy people become bold and confident to do whatever God asks them to do. And that's the key to being filled with with God's Spirit. See, at this point, after this, Jesus is, is um, tempted. And then after that, after he overcomes the temptations, it talks about in the next part of Luke, if my click is a bit flat, I think. Might need your help, Juanita. It says, Then Jesus returned, read these words, in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And the news of him went out through all the surrounding region, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So at this point, we see that Jesus' ministry begins. And if you continue, I'd, I'd encourage you to read the rest of Luke 4. Read Luke 3, 4, and 5, and you'll read this whole progression of things that happen. Firstly, he's baptized, then he is tempted, but it, and then he starts his ministry and in, in his ministry, he goes to synagogues and he teaches. He, sick people are brought to them and he heals them. People with unclean spirits are set free. Um, in this passage, he also calls his disciples. So he calls them out, the fishermen, and he calls them to follow him. And, and so people begin to follow him wherever he goes. And you see his ministry happening. And all of this has happened as we discover that he is filled with the Spirit, that he's led by the Spirit, and he is in the power of the Holy Spirit. So that whole time he is full of God. God is in him and through him and working out of him. And, but the fact is that what God is doing in him is not contained to himself, is it? What God is doing in him affects the people around him. The community that, that he lives in is changed because he is a part of it and because God is in him. And so he begins to encounter his community and he heals the sick. He sets people free. He teaches and he, people begin to follow him. But then in Luke 5, 16, it says these really interesting words. 
which is an encouragement to us, I believe. Because it says then, so he himself talking about Jesus, and it says, often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. It's really interesting to consider this. Because this is Jesus, the Son of God, full of God. But even Jesus, as he's ministering, as he's affecting his community, at some point it says that he himself, and he says he doesn't just do it once, he often withdrew to a quiet place, a solitary place, a wilderness, a barren place, and prayed. I read that and I think, why did he do that? Why would he do that? And in my simple estimation, my understanding, to me, I think, well, Jesus was human just like you and I, the Bible tells us. And guess what? He probably got tired. Giving out and giving out and giving out all the time. And maybe he felt drained. Maybe he felt, and maybe at that point he said, I need to go back to the source that gives me the strength to do what God has called me to do. So I need to go to a silent place, a quiet place, and pray. Connect with my Father. Connect with God and allow him to fill me afresh. So then I can go again and go again. And I think this is a key for us to understand. Because just like us, the reason we put on these types of services on a Sunday are not necessarily to gather many people from the community to come here. We do that at pop-up. We do it at youth. We do, but at these times, they're times for us to just allow God to speak to us, allow God to fill us, allow God to minister to us so then we can again go and be like Jesus and go into your community and impact your community full of God and full of his anointing and full of his enabling. See, if it was good enough for Jesus and we say we want to live like Jesus lived, then guess what? I think it's good enough for me. Isn't that right? And do you think it's good enough for you? That there's times where you need to draw aside and say, God, I just need more of you. I need your help. I need your strength. You see, Jesus' example is still very true for us today. A filling, in, a filling of the Spirit doesn't just happen once. It's something that has to happen regularly. And I want to share with you a story that happened to me over the break, over the January, as I was fasting and praying and how God encouraged me to, and spoke to me about our church and how we're called to function and called to, to live out God's calling on our life. Um, as I was fasting and praying in January, as God does, when you draw aside, God speaks into places of your heart that might not be right or that are a concern or an issue. And... Um, I remember praying and fasting, and uh, one day when I was praying, God dropped a thought into my head that I hadn't thought about for a long time, but it re he reminded me of a, a situation that happened about six or seven years ago um, with another pastor, and it, this pastor had done something that really affected me uh, in, a, in a negative way, and uh, I felt really, and whenever I thought about this guy, negative thoughts would come into my mind. I won't tell you the details, but, uh, you know, us pastors aren't perfect. We do make mistakes. We're, we're like everyone. Um, we've just got a different responsibility. But uh, he, God said, you need to sort out 
your problem with this guy, with this pastor. You need to go to him and, and resolve that issue. And I'm like, are you sure, God? Does anyone ever say that? God, are you sure? But I, at this moment where I felt God was challenging me, a bit like, I wonder with Jesus, he, he's been baptised, the heavens open, and the dove's there and the voice comes, says, this is my son, and then God leads him into the wilderness to be tempted and trialed. And, and sometimes God, God wants us to learn obedience, doesn't he? And so at this point, I'm, I'm there and I'm saying, okay, God, if this is what you want me to do, I'll give him a call and um, we'll sort it out. And uh, th- the reality is this guy, he knew what he'd done, but he probably didn't think it had affected because he'd talked to me about it. And I said, no, nah, it's cool, don't worry, I'm all cool. But in my heart, I wasn't actually cool. And so I rang him and I said, oh, and I actually got on to him, which was interesting. But I uh, had a chat and I said, you know, that situation that happened years ago, I just wanted to say I'm sorry for not responding very well. And he's going, you didn't respond badly. I don't remember you doing that. He goes, I know I didn't out- outwardly, but inwardly I did. And I, I just felt God needed us to talk about it and just to restore it. Amazing situation. Um, and so we got talking and it was a really good conversation. We had a really good conversation. He told me about what was happening in his church and I told him what was happening here and we were excited for each other and it was a really positive outcome in the end and it's just a God moment, which was really cool. And as I got off the phone, I felt God speak to me and, and this is what this message is a little bit about, That because he told me about his church and how they operated and what it was all about. And I said to God, what's our church all about? What are we all about? What, you know, I know we've got our vision statement to live like Jesus and we're a church that loves God, loves each other and loves the community we live in. That's all our stuff. But I said, how would I summarise what you've called us to? And God dropped this little thought in my head that I want to leave with you today and get you to think about. That our church is called to be spirit-filled and community-driven. Our church's vision is to live like Jesus lived. And, uh, and I, as I see how Jesus lived, he lived according to this pattern. That he was filled with God's spirit. He was consumed with God's spirit. He was, God consumed him and God anointed him and God enabled him to do everything he did. So he was spirit-filled or God-filled. But then as he was, he was community-driven. But then when, when the moments came that he got tired or weary... What did he do? He went back to God, got refilled, re, re-engaged, re-encountered, re-anointed, and then went back to continue to do what God had t- called him to do. See, this is what our church is called to. We're called to be filled with God, filled with God, whatever that looks like for you, filled with God, being in a place where God fills your life, God consumes your life, and then you impact the community around you. Now, this same example happened in the early church. In Acts, we read about the early church, and it, Jesus, or Jesus said to him in Acts 1, he said, you know, wait in the upper room until the Holy Spirit comes and empowers you to do what I've called you to do. And then they were filled, you, know, you read that story where they were filled with God and they spoke in tongues and they... And they healed people and 3,000 people were added to the church. 
So what God did in the upper room in, in Acts affected the community around them, didn't it? It went wider and further. But then you read an interesting story in Acts 4, because in, in Acts 2, everything's going great. People are being added to the church, 3,000 in a day, uh, baptized, and things are happening. And Peter keeps preaching, miracles are happening, healings are happening, all sorts of things are happening. Um, but then in Acts 4, persecution comes and they start to have a, a go at the church and they take in Peter and, and John and they take them in and they, they question them and they give them a hard time in jail and then they release them saying, you can, do, you can only do certain things but you can't talk about this Jesus. And then in Acts 4.31, when Peter and John come back, they're, they're, the church is going, what do we do now? What do we do now? And they go, well, let's pray. And at that moment, they're all afraid. They're going to throw us in jail. They're going to do all sorts. If we preach about Jesus, they're going to do all sorts of things to us. And so they pray. And in Acts 4.31, what happens? It says, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And that's not just by a train going by either. It was actually shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. But you go, but weren't they filled in Acts 2? Yes, they were. But all of a sudden things had changed and they got afraid and they got worried and they got concerned and they didn't know what to do. So what did they do? They prayed and God said, here's more enabling. Here's more anointing. Here's more power for you to do what... And what, did, what happened? They went out in boldness again. See, it doesn't matter how God fills you, but the res result of filling is that you get confidence and boldness and you go, God, I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. If you want me to say sorry to someone, I'll say sorry to someone. If you want me to go and help it pop up, I'll go and help it pop up. If you want us as a youth group to go into the high schools and, and, and run programs in the high schools, then we'll do that, God. You open the doors, we'll follow you. We'll do whatever you ask us to do. Because when you're full of God, when you're consumed by God, you go, God, I'm, 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 I'm encouraged enough and bold enough to do whatever you would ask me to do. Is that all right? Are you getting it, church? I want to leave you with this last thought. Just as the early church was spirit-filled and community-driven, the fact is... We will be filled with something if it's not with God. There's a really interesting verse in Acts 5.17 after this time. And it says, And then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in a common prison. So... The apostles got all bold and they started preaching the word and they started healing the sick and all sorts of amazing things. And people were added, more people were added to the church. And then, guess what? These other people who were sp supposed to be religious, supposed to be, you know, followers of God, they weren't filled with God. What were they filled with? Indignation. So you see, the fact is, we will all be filled with something. I'm choosing that I'll be filled with God. If you're not filled with God, something else will fill that gap. 
It might be indignation. It might be anger. It might be unforgiveness. It might be bitterness. What are we going to allow our life to be filled with this year, church? We have an opportunity. God is, God's favour is upon our church. We have an opportunity at this time to say, God, more of you. You might go, but I, I don't think I've got what it takes. Neither did the early church. But when God filled them, God's, when they became consumed with God, they were filled with boldness and courage to do whatever God asked them to do. See, that's our challenge this year, church. What will, you, what will we allow to fill us this year? Will we, we allow our problems, our sicknesses, our bank account, will we allow that to fill us with worry and anxiety? Or will we allow God to fill us and give us the anointing and the enabling to say, God, I can get through this. Like Damien preached last year, I can persevere. I can hang on and believe to see it through because you are all that I need and I will always come back to you. See, we will continually reach out to our community. No matter what, how difficult it gets, we will continue to do it as a church but we can't do it without God. And so when we gather together at things like Sunday services or at devoted nights, or what we're saying is, God, this is our opportunity to have more of you. In our relationship with God every day, in our quiet times and in our devotions, that's why we give you a Bible reading plan because we say, get into God's work. As a church, we're going to be raising up in the church this year something we're calling grow groups. What they are about is God relationship and obedience and it's a place where you can develop a prayer life it's a place where you can develop your relationship with God and be discipled and it's a place where you can learn to obey what God has done some of them will be home groups some will be smaller mentoring type groups but you get if someone asks you to be a part of a grow group I would encourage you to say yes I'm going to do that yes I'm going to do it because it's a place where you can be filled with God it's a place where God can speak to you. It's a place where you can be encouraged and built up. Because what we're about is being spirit-filled and community-driven. Full of God's spirit. Consumed with God. Anointed by God. Enabled by God. That the spirit of, a Lord, of the Lord is upon the port church. And he has anointed us to preach the good news to the poor. To heal the lame to open blind eyes, to set the captives free. It's our challenge, church. Would you join me to say, God, more of you. Help me to live for you in everything I do. Let's pray. As every head's bowed and every eye closed, I want you to consider where you are in your relationship with God. Maybe you're at a place where you go, God, I feel a bit dry. I feel a bit empty. I feel a bit drained. Last year was a hard year and it doesn't seem like it's getting any better this year. 
where all you need to do is say, God, come to him and say, God, I need more of you. God, I, I make myself available. Because he wants to enable you. He wants to anoint you. He wants to strengthen you. So as I pray, I would encourage you to reach out to him and say, God, I need more of you. Because that's all it takes is a humble prayer to say, God, I'm tired of doing it in my own strength and I need more of you. So pray even as I pray. Lord God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for every person here. God, you have blessed us so much. And we don't take that for granted, but we know that none of this is is here because of ourselves. It's all here because of you. And without you, this is nothing. And God, we want more of you in our lives. We want more of your power, more of your enabling, more of your strength. God, I pray that for each one of us that you would give us a fresh encounter with you, a new encounter with you where we would be filled with your spirit, with your anointing, with your enabling. That's what we ask, God, that this year we won't do it in our own strength, but we would do it with your anointing. That's our prayer, Lord God, in Jesus' name.